Prescribed by Track, I'm your host Dan, and today we'll be talking about Compassion from 20TEN 2010. Prince renaming an album in an extremely odd way. This is the first time I think where he's deliberately mixed numbers and letters in the title of an album. Uh, this track was recorded between 2006 to 2008 at Paisley Park and released on the 10th of July 2010. Uh, on the track, we have Prince, we have Shelby J, Liv Warfield, and Elisa Deese, sometimes known to people as Elisa Fiorello. Uh, doing background vocals. Uh, and then we also have Maceo Parker, Greg Boyer, and Ray Montiero on saxophone, trombone, and trumpet. Uh, this is the only track where I think all six people are credited, uh, uh, like as the, uh, as kind of being in, on the track. Uh, from this point on, it's either the three ladies or it's the horn section that, uh, that are on the tracks. Uh, obviously, Prince doing all the instrumentation for everything on this particular album. And it's worth talking about the fact that this album was pretty much a surprise. No one was really expecting this album. Prince hadn't spent months and months with, you know, websites kind of giving us little glimpses of what he's currently, you know, recording. Or, um, you know, he hadn't been kind mm -hmm. of leaking the odd track out here and there in a 30 second segment. He hadn't been streaming any of these tracks. He literally just basically a week before it was announced was like... I've got a new album out, and then it was given away for free in a number of newspapers on the 10th of July, uh, 2010. Uh, this came as a shock to me, particularly because all of a sudden, on like a Wednesday, I think, on like the Daily Mirror, there was just a big headline which said, New Prince album this Saturday. And I was like, um, okay. Uh, and I bought that paper uh, <laughs> just because I was like, what on earth is going on here? Like, you know. Uh, Lotus Flower, um, Mempiela Sound, Elixir, you know, that was like a, a triple album release that had come out, um, you know, like just about a year and a bit before, before this. So I think people were kind of expecting Prince to tour that for a little while and not really kind mm -hmm. of, you know, start, um, you know, start kind of uh, promoting a new album. Um, uh, you know, there was no singles released from this album before it came out, um, you know, and it just basically an album showed up. Uh, with artwork of Prince with, I don't know, like in a kind of rainbow desert. I don't know why that's meant to be that he's kind of drawn against this kind of really <laughs> weird, slender Prince who looks like he's meant to be like seven foot tall. This is, uh, that album looks, that album cover looks terrible, by the way, in my opinion. I think it's better than Lotus Flower or, or MPLS Sound. Uh, I will say that much. The 2010, yeah. the 20 is the circle at the top of Prince's um, symbol. Um, and then the 10 is is kind of in the is within the the Prince symbol. I guess if you weren't like following Prince closely, you could be forgiven for thinking that the that his symbol being there is his name still, um, because, you know, obviously he made a big fuss about that. But, you know, at this point, we're like 10 years removed from him having to change his name back because the name Prince <laughs> isn't on the front of this anywhere. Um, you know, it's just literally that illustration. Yeah, I mean, it, it has this terrible illustration of Prince. I like, I like that like, illustration. That I don't think it's that bad. I think, I think Prince has had worse album covers. I mean, if you wanted to see a really bad Prince album cover, take a look at the unreleased album High. That's some really bad kind of like album cover going on there. Um, <laughs> uh, the 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 Daily Mirror that I bought a few days before this album was released. Uh, had a reviews from um, I'm trying to remember his name now. Yeah, he, uh, the reviews were done by a guy called Tony Parsons, and he, he, you oh, know he, he's he is kind of like a Nick Hornby light. Um, 
But he was mostly known before he started getting into, you know, the whole kind of novel thing uh, for being like a, a broadcaster. Uh, he was a, a journalist for the NME, kind of like uh, in the end of the 70s. Um, and he had appeared on uh, the BBC Two show, The the, the Late Show, which was, a, you know, a, and a Newsnight Review, which was like a, you know, review kind of um, program for a number of years, like literally years and years and years. He was with the Daily Mirror for 18 years as a columnist. Um, and, you know, he's he has since moved on to the sun and he's known for basically being like, you know, a very kind of like Essex boy. Um, and and uh. he was also notorious for being married <laughs> to Julie Burchell, who, you know, is like a, a kind of very prominent kind of punk feminist writer over here. Um, and, you know, he basically uh, I mean, you know, he, he since has outed himself as a supporter of uh, the Conservative Party, which is probably why he left uh, the Daily Mirror. Mm. Yeah, I know. He was always kind of like, I don't know, trying to be a little bit kind of trendy, but always ended up kind of veering towards the mainstream. <laughs> and uh, and so his review of this album, he gave like a track by track review of this album before it came out. And, he, you know, he was kind of talking about how great it was and, you know, it was returned to form and all this kind of stuff. Uh, which I guess kind of ignores, I don't know, Prince's Prince's last few albums, which I don't think weren't a return to form. Yeah. But, you know, that's how some kind of journalists always like to review a Prince album. Every every Prince album for them was a return to a form that they... Not just a Prince thing. I think that's a lot with a lot of kind of post-peak, like post-peak, like career rock, rock people. You know, like your Dylans and Neil Youngs and so forth. It's like... Hey, this is this album isn't terrible. Yeah. Like, hey, it's a return to it's, form. It's always it's always that weird kind of backhanded like, oh, their last album was trash, but this one's really good. And then you're like, buddy, you gave the last album five out of five. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you you didn't think the last album was trash until a few years later. Uh, but I don't know. His 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 reviews of each of the tracks were very kind of like short. I can't say there was anything memorable he said in there. Although he did highlight. Um, the phrase Purple Yoda from Laydown, you know, which of course is a hidden track and is not noted anywhere on the uh, on the artwork. It finish effectively the album finishes with Everybody Loves Me, uh, according to the stuff on the back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I mean, you know, this album came out of nowhere. It was just a surprise, and when I got it, I uh, I immediately I think put it onto my iTunes, and then I transferred those tracks onto my phone, and I probably spent like the next I don't know like six or seven months just listening to this on my phone all the time um so i think i have a certain level of affection for these tracks when you say phone what was it an iphone at this time uh in 2010 i think i it was probably a uh i'm gonna say an ericsson w995 i think that's probably what it was um you know so designed to be like a walkman type phone anyway so it was meant to you know it had like a i don't know an okay music mm-hmm. interface um, but I just basically converted it to a bunch of MP3s and, you know, stuck them on a memory card and then put them in my phone. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, kind of listened to it for the next few months. And, and I guess I have a certain level of affection that I think some people, uh, let's say, I don't know, Americans who basically have never had an official release of this album, um, probably don't have because, you know, they, they didn't get this, you know, it was distributed by a number of different, um, you know, newspapers throughout Europe. Um, and a couple of weeks after its initial release, it was distributed by Rolling Stone in Germany and Courier International, um, you know, in, in a number of other countries, but never officially had an American release. So, you know, any Americans that have a copy of this album, uh, they must have either you know bought it on eBay or something secondhand or they must have got mm-hmm. it via other means. 
and I don't even think that this is on iTunes either. So um, I know it is on Spotify, and obviously the the tracks are now on Prince's YouTube channel, so people can you know listen to them freely. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I guess for some people, you know, this is still an album that most people haven't heard in America, but. Uh, for me, I don't know, just, you know, one of those albums that I listened to quite a lot in 2010. And joining me to talk about this first track from 2010, you've already heard him, it's Antu. Hello, Antu. Oh, hey, Darren. That was like the longest wait to be introduced ever, <laughs> basically. I don't know. I ten- Like, Tony Parsons got a name check before I did. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you went on late review for like 15 years, so... Um, and... <laughs> That yeah. is true. And this opening track is, is 3 minutes 57. Uh, the entire album itself only comes to like 40 minutes end to end. Uh, and I guess that's, inc- I don't know if that's including all the blank tracks that, you know, go from um, tracks 10 to 76 uh, on this particular album are either, I think, three seconds or four seconds, depending, like it keeps switching. Um, and I think they come to roughly four minutes. So I, th- I, I think that 39 minutes is, is without all those blank tracks. Um, yeah, so, you know, this is a nice kind of, like, short opener. There's no tracks on here that are longer than five minutes. You know, Future Soul Song is, like, the longest at five minutes eight. Everything else is pretty much three minutes, four minutes. Uh, I lied there. Beginning Endlessly is 527. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, none, none of the songs are really, like, super long. You know, on the last few albums, Prince has had, like, six-minute tracks, seven-minute tracks. Um, you know, obviously, there was an album that he did earlier in this decade that was just four 14-minute tracks. Um, but this seems to be Prince doing, like, very kind of short, like, pop songs. And the production style, you know, um, it is, you know, it's Prince mostly by himself uh, with the addition of horns on on this track, um, definitely. And, um, you know, uh, obviously the backing vocalists on, on like four or five other tracks on this album. Um, but there are, you know, at least three or four songs here that are just Prince, you know, by himself. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the kind of, I don't know. I feel like the production is like a weird mix of kind of Lotus Flower and MPLS sound. Um, like there's a lot of like kind of synth stuff on here, but then there's also... Yeah, there's this song is super synthy, oh, yeah. like as hell. Like you, the Lin drum machine's out. <laughs> it, it's actually weird, like when you think about the arrangement, because it's really synthy and keyboardy and synthetic. And <laughs> there's like, you can hear this bluesy guitar kind of playing underneath <laughs> yeah and there's that, that there's that noise that does the badum bum that kind of thing that keeps coming back which i'm get, mm. I which sounds like real drums it sounds like live drums over the top of like the kind of synth drums uh but and, and later on in the album prince will play real drums on a couple of tracks so uh i don't know it just it feels like it's a mix of the approach that he took between lotus flower uh with some more kind of like rock songs on here and then also it's the kind of more mm. poppy stuff that he was trying to do with the mpls sound um, and yeah, this track is very, very synthy at the beginning. Um, and what what genre are you going to call it? Uh, I mean, to me, it feels just like Prince doing, you know, like a, a kind of like a pop song. Although I would say the delivery of the the singing is, I don't know, it's kind mm-hmm. of R and B ish. I would say I, I, it's kind of obviously a political song. You couldn't just say, "Hey, this is a straight up pop song." It's it's about compassion, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess. I mean, the, I, I don't know, because there is a whole thing about, you know, polarized caps and, yeah. you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. The, the, it kind of, it, it kind of, it goes in a few different directions throughout the, the song, you know, like, yeah. um, there is, of course, Prince complaining about um, when all that's on the radio is electromagnet <laughs> pop, steady, your teeth are gnashing, you know, like, 
<laughs> which is this this to me is like return of old man prince like hey hey let's hear me complain about stuff under the guise of like letting the listener know what compassion is like hey this why would you grind your teeth to what's on the radio prince that's like that's that to me is like an overreaction as <laughs> hell god damn it yeah i i guess um but i i don't know i i I kind of just i mean i kind of love that little kind of the 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 main kind of um the kind of keyboard thing and the the get it on and the right on and that that kind of like the the like kind of just the the the, i don't know i like that kind of like little opening riff the kind of synthy riff that goes throughout the rest of the song that's it there we go um you know i i don't know i just really kind of enjoy that and the kind of the way that Prince delivers some of the lyrics in this song, um, like he's, he's kind mm-hmm. of halfway between singing and rapping on some of them, um, you know. Uh, but again, he ha- he has this weird kind of like, I, I don't know, like a, a kind of a, a little bit of nonsense lyrics here and there with the, you know, a zero point approaches <laughs> and the fields around you drop. Thoughts become reality and it feels like time has stopped. And I'm like, hold on a second, a zero point approaches? What are you talking about, Prince? I, I, I was um, hoping you would like, clear up what the hell prince is talking about here <laughs> i don't know i guess maybe he's talking about someone i don't know maybe skydiving or something jumping out of a plane as zero I, point approaches i think this is returning you know. to like prince's like apop- apocalyptic 1999 like hey it's the end times <laughs> people it's it's getting there you know some of this was started in like 2006 which would have been you know peak second era yeah. um, sorry second term george bush uh, but then by the time most of it was finished, um, it was kind of like just as Obama was, you know, about to be elected. Um, and then by the time the album gets, you know, released, it's like, you know, we're coming up to the midterms of Obama's first term. So it's like a really weird kind of like uh, politically stuff kind of has changed a little bit as as each of the kind of process has gone on. When, right, when you think about it, then like even like contemporaneously him saying... Or that's playing on a radio is electromagnetic pop or whatever. That th- that would have been outdated as soon as he recorded that line because like the radio would have changed up their sound or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like when like when was like Skrillex like super big? Um, <laughs> Are you saying that line is in response to Skrillex? I don't know. I think when Prince says electromagnetic pop, uh, I think he's kind of he's kind of talking about like EDM. Okay. And the kind of rise of EDM, um, you know, which was, I mean, like kind of 2008, 2009 was kind of like, you know, the start of Skrillex and, and his, his ilk, uh, you know, dead, dead mouse, you know, the, the various, the various, you know, Diplo, the various people of that era kind of gradually getting bigger. Um, I, but what's even weirder, like when you put it like EDM, like you, you could have, Prince could have been like, Prince was... Po- Okay, this is probably me going out on a ledge, but, like, Prince could have been the Skrillex of his day. He was probably, like, some weird electronic noise pop artist. Like, it seems like this weird double standard. I mean, he probably was. There probably was a number of parents in the early 80s saying to their kids, don't listen to that Prince. Yeah. Um, You know, particularly as he's... You know, with the the is it the opening for when Doves Cry when he's in the bath and he's getting out of the bath and he's pointing at the screen and he's basically like naked. I can imagine some parents would be like, "Stop, stop watching those videos." On and yeah, TV. hey, that that um, makes me grind my teeth. <laughs> if only there was some emotion or behavior like compassion to show me the way. I mean, interesting fact for people, you know, uh, Skrillex's real name is Sonny Moore. 
Um, and he, uh, well, he was the, the son of Scientologists. Um, although he claims not to have enough time to practice the religion himself. Okay, that, uh, that was a weird fact. That <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Um, so, <laughs> so... I don't know. I mean, I kind, I do kind of like the these these like the you know the kind of compassion, get it on, compassion right, right on, on. <laughs> like that that kind of that chorus um, is is kind of fun, and you know this whole kind of like uh, love for the greater number freezes over and cools, and everyone around you acts like a bloody fool because um, Prince pronounces those words like I don't know, like he's trying a bit of Cockney out. Uh, no sanctity to the left of you, no righteousness to the right. There's only one thing that's left in fashion, compassion. Um, so yeah, I guess I mean like, I guess like the mention of left and right is probably about the kind of you know the, uh, about as kind of political as this song gets mm-hmm. in terms of nailing stuff down, you know, and the the kind of like I don't know he he talks a little bit about okay like the the, the bridge of yeah whatever skin we're in we all need friends all happy again so much better than <laughs> I like how he's like understandably saying racial harmony is better than nothing. <laughs> Like, better than, like, bupkis. Hey, uh, racial harmony or nothing, people. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, but then he says, you know, beginning of an end, start yeah. up with a brand new something. So, you know, he, he kind of changes it. <clears throat> no, everybody can um, win with a little faith in man. <laughs> beginning of an well, end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he kind of hits the rhyme with a yeah. little faith in, you know. He, he, it almost sounds man, like but. with a little faith in me. When I'm listening to the song, it doesn't sound like <laughs> he does. They really bend that word to make it rhyme, or because like man doesn't yes. rhyme with wind, goddamn. <laughs> um, and of course, you know when ego, fear, and judgment become the rule of law. <laughs> watch the polar ice caps heat up, melt, and thaw. Uh, when the greedy one forgets he's the reason for it all, the only goal that's worth stashing, <laughs> compassion. Um, <laughs> That's I I will say that's like a great rhyme like you, it, it it almost sounds like a dummy lyric the only goal that's worth so worth stashing compassion but like he kind of doesn't the thing about this song is he doesn't Get it on. he doesn't really explain what compassion is from from like his perspective he's kind of like all right in a, in a world full of like doubt and chaos and that's kind of like is kind of suggesting like yes uh, it's the world's moral fiber is deteriorating, and when 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 you when the chips are down, like all we have is compassion. He doesn't really explain what he means by it, though. You, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, he tells us in high seated love uh, lawless, no love can be found. <laughs> nature will rise against nature and get down. You know. <laughs> in, wait, in the high seated lawless, no love can complete be found. sense. All right, so he's saying what? Like the judges, like Supreme Court justices, uh. Are jerks and <laughs> well i mean I, I don't know cause the thing is prince was never like super specific about his politics and obviously in a lot of songs he does a little bit of kind of both sideism where he's like oh these people are terrible but these people are also terrible mm-hmm. um but i don't know i think i think the, the kind of the main driving thing in this song that is important is the whatever skin you're in we all need to be friends like yeah. that's like i feel like that's the most important thing um, and towards the end he says you know black and white and yellow we can be friends um, you know, all happy again. So much better than nothing. And that's kind of I don't. Know, I I just kind of love the the little stop starts on the nothing and the something. Uh, so, you know, start up a brand new something. Mm-hmm. That bridge does sound like really catchy and good. And I think that's probably one of the things that makes me like this album quite a lot. Is a lot of the songs have kind of really kind of catchy choruses. 
Um, you know, unlike some of the stuff that's on Lotus Flower and uh, MPLS Sound. I, I thought you were um, going to say th- that you love this album because it finally taught you what compassion is. As like that was the time in your life where you're like, oh, maybe I should. Yeah, well, it just so wasn't selfish. super compassionate. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that it taught it taught me about also walking in the sand and the sea of everything. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I mean, obviously the rest of it is basically the chorus kind of repeated over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do the kind of the breakdown as well, yeah. where they have like the instruments drop out and there's like the different harmonies between the, the you know, the three the three ladies and Prince mm-hmm. um, with the, you know, whole whatever skin you're in kind of. What's, what's your thoughts on that weird, like, I, I guess, bridge where the horns come in and goes, boop, 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 doop, boop, it, it, it sounds like, as in those horns coming in, just, like surprised hell of me. I thought they were like sim, like sim thorns. God damn it! Because of the the rest of like the song and its instrumentation. They're not. They're they're real horns. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was shocked when yeah. I read that. I was like, what the hell is this? They were they were one of the earliest things that Prince worked on on this song was the the horn part, mm-hmm. um, and then the rest of the song was kind of built around that after it. It finished. was, but I think the horn. I think the horn part works right on. <laughs> He's like, okay, yeah. right on, get it on. I think I think that the the horn part works really well with the synths. I mean, that was obviously the thing that Prince, you know, when he had like you know tons and tons of synthesizers in the early eighties. You know, the main thing he didn't have was horns. And then once he you know met Eric Leeds and uh, you know EDM and you know like in the kind of mid eighties, that's when he started incorporating horns in and pretty much you know kind of kept them all the way up until I would say uh, New Power Generation. When he got New Power Generation, there was no horn players in there. You know, so obviously that was the point where he kind of dropped them. But then, you know, the MPG horns have kind of been around at this point. I mean, they still tour as the MPG Mm -hmm. horns or the horn heads or whatever. So, like, you know, Prince would kind of bring them back. um, I think on the... I I think it's... I can't remember if it's Artificial Age or some of the tracks on Hit and Run. Prince has, like, an 11-piece horn section. So, obviously, it's something that he always enjoyed having. Just, you know, couldn't play horns himself. You know, he can only be so much of a genius. (laughs) Uh, you know, you can only play so many instruments. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I like as well how the song kind of finishes with the, you know, everybody can win with a little faith in Maine. Uh, <laughs> beginning of an end and start up a brand new something. I mean, it's a pity that we don't get the, uh, you know, compassion as the, uh, you know, the, the kind of the title. In fact, by the end, the whole everybody can win, you know, and the that and whatever skin you're in, those are being repeated way more than compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, he stops saying he stops <laughs> stops saying compassion like halfway through the song. It's kind of weird. Um, although he does say, you know, if you've got compassion, let's get back in fashion. The new international anthem, um, you know, which I, I don't know. I just I really enjoy this album and I think this is a nice kind mm-hmm. of opener. Um, and I think it really works with, you know, you go from this to beginning endlessly, which has again, which is, you know, again, really synthy track. Yep. But I, I like the kind of the synth kind of hook that it has. Uh, I would say probably like out of all the tracks on here, I probably listen to Compassion probably less than the rest of the songs. Uh, there's like a run that starts with Beginning Endlessly all the way through to probably Sea of Everything. Mm-hmm. And I probably like all of those songs on roughly the same level. And I think they work well together as like, you know, a, a group of songs in particular because the CD has been mastered in a way that means that some of those songs get cut off rather quickly if you don't listen to the next song. <laughs> um, you know, Walking the Sand, Walking Sand in particular just stops dead. Because it's meant to go straight into Sea of Everything. Okay. Um, so it's kind of clear that Prince wanted people to listen to the album as like a whole. Um, you know, as he had done with a few other albums previously, you know, he kind of makes it clear that the CD is sequenced in a way that if you try and randomize it or whatever, you're going to end up missing bits of songs off. 
I don't know. I just really enjoy this as an opening track. I would say four out of five from me. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, this this entire album is just an album that I really love. Um, probably more than some other people because, you know, other people didn't get it, you know, for 65 pence on a Saturday one weekend, <laughs> unexpectedly out of the blue. Like all of a sudden, here's a brand new Prince album. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then you know after this, it's going to be another like four years <laughs> before we get another one. So... You know, there's a bit of a gap between Prince albums, you know, for the first time in a while, you know. But this is a this is a nice way to either finish the decade, if you believe that, uh-huh. you know, the millennium <laughs> begins in the year 2000, um, or, you know, start the decade if you believe the millennium starts, you know, in 2001. Whichever whichever way you start or end this decade, I think, you know, 2010 is, is, a, is you know, is just a good kind of album. And, uh, and this is, you know, this is a good start to it. I look forward to this being remastered with, you know, maybe some other songs from this era because, uh, you know, I feel like Prince must have done some more songs, you know, over the time that he was getting 2010 ready. Um, you know, it feels... Also, it's a nice reminder of where you are in Prince's back catalogue because it's called 2010. So you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's just where I'm at. Uh, I think I'm going to give this, like, a three out of five for me personally. I feel like... I feel like this song belongs in a musical where, like, people are like... Hey, like an alien lands on planet Earth and they have to like, hey, what is compassion? And then like Prince comes on stage and plays this song. That's what it makes me think of. Like I, I get like there's an earnest earnestness into the song, with, particularly with like the whole racial harmony aspect. But yeah, it's it just a bit like too cheesy and a bit preachy to me. On the day that this album was released, Prince was touring. He was on the 2010 tour uh-huh. and he was at, at Festival Park Werkte in uh, in Belgium. Um, and he did not play anything off 2010. <laughs> <laughs> he, he uh, you know, he, he played uh, he played like a whole bunch of, you know, older songs. Uh, you know, starting out with Venus de Milo and, you know, finishing with, uh, you know, I don't know, like four um, encores, including Forever in My Life and Party Man and Musicology and Peach. Uh, but he did not play anything off 2010. That's a, that's a great encore, goddammit. Yeah, he, did, he didn't play anything off 2010. He did play Old School Company, though, off uh, MPLS Sound, um, you know, and, and a, a few covers in there as well. Um, and, you know, he never did play, uh, you know, play this this track live um you know so I, which i think is odd because you know the, the 2010 tour was literally going all over um like he'd started he started on the 4th of july with the ross killed festival um and then he kind of yeah. went through you know germany and france and belgium and austria and portugal and uh, and then back to france um you know, like over the space of like a month um and you know didn't uh, didn't feel the need to play anything off the album that had literally just come out uh, while he was doing this tour. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I just really enjoyed this album, and I think you know that this this was like for mm-hmm. me. This is you know if you if you if you start with like um, you know Rainbow Children and you go through to 2010, um, you know I think that decade is uh, you know it's a strong enough like the albums in there are, I think are strong enough to put up against certainly anything from the 90s. Um, I think maybe mm-hmm. you'd have a hard time getting Prince fans to agree on, you know, whether or not it was stronger than stuff in the eighties. But um, I don't know. I think there's a couple of weaker albums in the eighties that some of the stuff from two thousand one to two thousand ten probably could could be uh, rated as being better than. Um, but you know, this for me, this was like it was like an unexpected treat, and I was just instantly like, oh, this is you know, this is an album that I was listening to just tons uh, mm-hmm. and uh, what you know it finishes with prince calling himself the purple yoda so what more can you want from an album 
So I, I feel like um, we said about as much about compassion, the song, not the uh, emotion. Um, so let's yeah. go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug on to? Uh, yep, just follow me on Twitter at r2comedy. So that's spelled A-N-H-T-U and the word comedy. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you could email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks so much for being my guest here, R2. Uh, no problem. I hope you return the favor by... Uh, guesting on my podcast about the c- idea of compassion and what it means. <laughs> and otherwise, right on. You need to lay down and let me show you how we do the same up in funky town. From the heart of Minnesota, here come the purple Yoda, guaranteed to bring the dirty new sound. Let's go.